0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in John chapter 5. It reads, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and the Jews went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Why do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another one steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now, the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, "'Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise.' For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing, and greater works than these will He show Him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom He will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears My word and believes Him who has sent Me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life." Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, and is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself, and He has given Him authority to execute judgment, because He is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all those who are in tombs will hear His voice, and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. I can do nothing on my own, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just." because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to this truth. Not that this testimony that I receive is from a man, But I say these things to you, that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I give is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. "'You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, "'and it is they that bear witness about me. "'Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life.' I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? For today's Nugget of Truth, we're going to jump right into verse 18, because I think this is something really important for us to understand. Because here it says why the Jewish people are so upset with Jesus. It says, This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. When I talk to a lot of different people who are outside of our faith, who are outside of Christianity, one of the big things that they say is, you know, hey, I've heard that Jesus never actually says he was God. He never actually makes claims of deity. He never actually does that. In fact, they go to certain places where when Jesus is on trial, they say different things about him, and he says, hey, it's you who have said these things. And they use that as an argument for saying, see, Jesus never claims to be God. But clearly the Jewish people here, as we look at verse 18, here of John chapter 5, the Jewish people are concerned because he is not doing what they feel is supposed to be done and because he's elevated himself to a level that he is on par with God. How is it that what he has done has done that? When we look back here, he is said specifically in verse 17, he goes, my father is working until now, and I am working. By claiming that God is his father, he is claiming to be able to continue to do the works that God does. Because when we look back here at verse 17, he's saying, yes, certainly God rested on the Sabbath, but his work continued. In that same vein, Jesus is saying, just as his work continues, my work continues, because I am the Son of God. He then gives five displays of his equality with God as you start to look down in verses 19 through 24. What he has here is a significant point of how people will understand that he truly is the Son of God, that he truly is on par with God. And this is reinforcing his claim of divinity that some people will say is not present. So we want to look at these things because it's important because it shows us how we understand Jesus is saying that he is on par with God. First and foremost, he's made the claim that his person is on par with God because of what we've seen in verses 17 and 18. But then he continues to go on to say that we also see that he's equal with God in his works. We see that in verses 19 and 20, where it talks about the things that the Father does, the Son will also do. And as the Father is showing the Son all that he's doing, and great Greater works of these will come. They will see through his works that he is equal with God. The third thing, he's equal with God in his power, and his sovereignty, his ability to rule over his creation. We see that in verse 21, because he will be able to raise the dead in the same way that that the Father is able to raise the dead. We then see that verse 22 displays to us the fourth item, that he's equal with God in his ability to judge. And that's something that we already looked at in John chapter 3 is an importance of why Jesus came. It was about the coming judgment. It was about offering forgiveness of sins from that coming judgment. But he says, hey, in the same way that God is going to be the one who's judging here, it's actually the Son who is able to judge. And that's really the focus of verses 22 through 24. But sandwiched in the middle of those three verses, we see that the final thing that he says displays that he is equal with God is that he has the honor that is given By the Father to the Son. They may all honor the Son just as they honor the Father. So when people say, hey, Jesus never makes claims about his divinity, this is one of the many places we can go where, yes, in fact, he does. He claims to be equal with God, he claims to be on par with God. And that's important for our understanding because if it is not true, we have no reason to follow or believe what he says because he has no claim over these things. But if what he has said is true, we need to understand and see the rest of what he says and how that teaches us and guides us and progressively reveals to us what God's plan for his people is. And that's what John is trying to do by writing this gospel and filling these things in to help his listeners, to help his readers and his hearers, understand the truth of the gospel and how that impacts their life. Because by the time they're reading this, there are many people who are making false claims about who Jesus was and what had happened during his life. And so it's important that he draws them back to this, just as it's important for us today to be drawn back into the truth of the claims that came from Jesus' lips, that he truly was on par with God, that he was God in the flesh sent to us. As far as a specific question from this text, when we look back at verse 7, we see the sick man answering him in a curious way. It says, Sir, I have no one to put me into the water when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another one steps down before me. Why does that matter? When we look into this verse more, we see that there's this convulgence of these two sources of water that are coming, and there was a belief that when water came from this natural spring that came there, that the Spirit of the Lord or some other angel or something came along and offered healing powers to the first person who was able to get into the water. And so this man says, hey, I see this happening, and nobody can bring me down to put me in there. So Jesus responds to that, not by saying, hey, that's actually a false belief, it's not actually getting heal you, any of those different things. He says, no, I'm just going to display to you that I am God. And he does that by making this very visible healing take place of this man, because we see that it's very crowded around there, because he can't even look back and see who Jesus is. So he confronts him on what's taking place here by healing him rather than displaying the truth of the fact that the traditions that the people had been practicing and been believing in were false. But this awkwardness of the phrase that's going on, that's an explanation for what's happening. He believed in others around them that if they were the first person to touch when the water stirred, then the angel or the angel of the Lord or the spirit that was there present that was providing those waves to take place, whatever that was, would offer healing powers to those people. And so Jesus responds to that by instead displaying that no true healing is going to come from God and it's not going to take place in that way. So hopefully that answers that question. If you had that, there's many other places you could go here for a question, especially when you get into this last discourse of Jesus. So I pray that you would look into those questions. Just don't let them go unanswered, but look into them. Find the answers that you can find. Speak about those things with other people so that we're all collectively learning and growing in God's word together. Know today you were loved.